friends. Good morning, friend. Thank you so much for joining me on this beautiful morning. My name is Pastor Gerald, and you are listening to Grace Waves, brought to you by Great Grace Church in South Africa. Our friend, this week we are going to still be looking at the theme of anger. And I just want to share in the next couple of mornings a message. It's going to be in three parts. This message is a message that was preached by Pastor Carl Stephen in 1993 and this message is about or entitled the power of meekness to overcome hidden anger and this is something that i thought is so relevant to the topic that we are discussing and something that we really need to learn is how to be meek and how to deal with hidden anger and he shares from a very beautiful story of esau and jacob two men who had every reason to be angry at each other but how they overcome that anger through the power of meekness and found forgiveness for one another. So friend, please enjoy this message this morning. This will be the first part out of three. And do I do believe that you will be able to learn a lot from this. So listen carefully and enjoy this message. And as always, friend, may God bless you. And may you have a wonderful day. Enjoy. Open your Bibles to Genesis, the 33rd chapter. Genesis Genesis 33. And let's start reading at verse 1. And Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau came, and with him four hundred men. And he divided the children unto Leah and unto Rachel, and unto the two handmaidens. And he put the handmaidens and their children foremost, and Leah and her children after, and Rhea. Um, Rachel and her children on the hindermost, and he passed over before them and bowed before, bowed to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. And Esau ran to meet him, and embraced him, and fell on his neck and kissed him, and he wept. And he lifted up his eyes and he saw the women and the children and said, Who are all the those who with thee? And he said, The children which God hath graciously given thy servant. And the handmaidens came near, and they and their children, and they bowed themselves. And Leah also with her children came near and bowed themselves. And after came Joseph near and Rachel, and they bowed themselves. And he said, What meanest thou by all this drive which I met? And he said, These are to find grace in thy sight of my Lord. And Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep that thou hast unto thyself. And Jacob said, Nay, I pray thee, if thou have found, if I have found grace in thy sight, then receive my, my present at my hand, for therefore I have seen thy face. As thou hast set, seen the face of God, and thou wast pleased with me, take, I pray thee, my blessings that I have brought to thee, because God hath delighted graciously with me, and because I have enough. And he urged him, and he took it. And he said, Let us take journey, and let us go, and I will, be, I will go before thee. And he said unto him, My Lord, knowest that the children are tender, and the flock, and the herds, and if men should overdrive them one day, all the flock, all the flock will die. Let my Lord, I pray thee, pass over before his servant, and I will lead on softly according as the cattle that goest before me. And the children are able to draw, endure until I come unto the, the Lord, unto Seir. And Esau said, 
let me now leave with thee some of the folks that are with me. And he said, What needest it? Let me find grace in thy sight of my Lord. Please bow your head. Father, bless this time around God's word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a very unusual passage. So we want you to really give attention to it this morning because we're continuing in Sunday mornings the series on the law of faith, but we're going to take it this morning into a different area. First of all, putting the clock ahead, I think you did very well this morning. It'll be commended. Now, in this story, Jacob had stolen Esau's birthright, which meant that he was the priest of the family, that he would receive a double portion of blessing, that he would receive a special place in the lineage of David and the Messiah, that he would be ultimately and his sons, the head of the twelve tribes of Israel. And he, and he received all of this by deception to his dad in conjunction with his mother and left because of fear of Esau, who didn't understand the implications of what was happening when he sold his birthright for some unknown reason to me. And for 20 years, Jacob never went back to his homeland. After 20 years, though he had much fear of the consequences of obedience, Jacob made a decision to go and meet Esau. The purpose of that decision was reconciliation. He wanted Esau to forgive him. Now, this is a very unique story. And in Genesis, the 33rd chapter, there are many unusual hidden gems. For example, the honor displayed toward Esau by Jacob's entire family. In that ancient time, they all bowed down. Jacob, who indeed had received the birthright, though he did it deceitfully, called Esau his lord. And there was much honor and reverence and respect given to Esau. By the same token, Esau also, his heart had been reconciled to Jacob before he met Jacob. He had forgiven Jacob completely. And it's a wonderful story that Esau did not have any anger. 
Now, one of the great problems in society today, according to all the Christian psychiatrists and psychologists, is hidden anger. Hidden anger. Hidden anger in people's unconscious and subconscious mind that cause tremendous problems. Now, you recognize anger when it comes as an outburst of uncontrollable emotional rage. But what we do not recognize in one another is hidden anger. Hidden anger that is lodged in an unforgiving spirit among children, teenagers, wounded Christians. Hidden anger lodged in an unforgiving spirit in the subconscious mind provoking individuals never to reach their progressive height as born-again Christians because of the hindering unknown spirit that limits their capacity to know God. Deuteronomy 29.24 talks about the heat of anger. Anger produces heat, and in the Hebrew it means a fermenting, raging, negative premise towards some people in certain relative relationships that pertain to the past. In Psalm 37, 8, the Word of God says, with a mandate, put away anger. Put away anger. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and the 31st verse, the Word of God says, put away wrath, put away anger. Now, I'll guarantee you that many, many people that are going to hear this message throughout the world are not the people that necessarily have a weakness of demonstrating anger, although some will experience that problem. The majority have hidden anger, lodged in an unforgiving spirit, Limiting God in Psalm 78.41. A hindering spirit in 1 Thessalonians 2.19. An occupational hazard in life. Never dealt with because of theological concepts. Natural faith desires and because of the influence of people around us. Now, an unforgiving spirit goes way beyond not forgiving someone. It always, without exception, produces hidden anger. Hidden anger produces not only negative cycles, reactionary communication but it 
totally stifles an individual's capacity to know the most prominent and important thing in relationship to the nature of Jesus Christ, which is meekness. When Jesus said in Matthew 11:28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, he said, Because I am meek and I am lowly in my heart. That's a very transforming definition of Christ's attitude towards sinners. For I am meek and lowly in my heart. Take my yoke upon you, the yoke of lowliness, the yoke of meekness, and learn of me as you sin. Learn how my meekness is towards you when you sin. Learn how my lowliness and condescended attitude is in relationship to your transformation when you fail. So learn of me that way as you enter into the process of growing in grace. And you shall find rest, my rest, that comes from meekness and lowliness in your soul. Paul said, pertaining to the problem at Corinth, I beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I beseech you by the gentleness and meekness of Christ. Meekness can be simplified as an attitude of eternal love demonstrated and culminated at Calvary with a broken heart for the loss so intense that Jesus Christ would take each one's place and give every individual mercy that would respond to his redemptive work by faith. This is what we call another dimension in growing in the law of faith in relationships.